You're listening to Harper Audio Presents, a podcast that brings you conversation and inspiration from your favorite authors, editors, and creators. So when I was thinking about like what would have been the most horrifying thing when I was 12 or 13, if I had found out something about J.K. Rowling, it would have shattered my world. Yeah. It's it sounds like a very minute thing, but like for a kid who's grown up reading that and that's her only outlet to like expression and like the outside world and understanding herself, mm-hmm. that could make your world come crashing down. Mm-hmm. And when worlds come crashing down, they're a good place. So <laughs> An audio script is like completely different. And this is the first audio script I've written. So like there were no narrations. So like I had to have like characters be like, oh, we're in the cafeteria. Do you like the cafeteria? Like there, I had to like put those in. Listeners, without like- it's not that on the nose. Trust me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna Maria Alessi. Hi, I'm Jotna Hariharan. And we're here today to talk about Josna's new original audio drama, Rebuttal, which I'm very excited about. And I thank you for coming up to the New York City offices and speaking with me today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So a while ago, Harper Audio sponsored a radio drama writing contest. And you are our grand prize winner. And we are publishing your play, Rebuttal, on November 15th. So the way that I describe it is that Rebuttal is the story of two high school students. They're both from imperfect homes, and it's the debate team that brings them together. It features Alex, whose sole focus when we meet her is just all she wants is second place in the debate team final. She's not even going for first place. It's noble pursuit. It's just, you know what, it's second place prize gets her a trip to a retreat in London where she'll have the chance to take a class from the writer who is her idol. And she feels like if she can just get in that class, then basically she will unlock the keys to becoming a successful writer and therefore unlock the key to a happy and successful life. Her only problem is at the last minute, she loses her debate partner. Uh, Enter her classmate, Jeremy, And Jeremy's sole ambition is to pass his AP biology exam so that he can stay on this very specific path of becoming a doctor, no matter how long it takes, and sort of undoing the wrongs that were committed when his older brother was not as successful as his parents hoped that that, that he would be. So he, he really wants to just pass AP bio and take everything from there when it comes to his medical career. Uh, So they end up, Alex and Jeremy end up forming an agreement where Jeremy will participate as Alex's uh, debate partner and she will tutor him in biology. Now that all sounds very sort of meet cute and, and sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever. But you explore some very interesting themes in this play, and I want you to please talk about that. Um, Well, it started out because um, for me, even till date, the most important relationships are the relationships I formed in high school and the friends, I'm still best friends with the friend I've I've been like friends with her since elementary school. So um, she's still my best friend. And that's also the time where you're trying to like figure out where you fit in and trying to reconcile the differences between like, you know, your family life and like your personal life and your public life and there's just a lot going on inside. So I just thought it was a very interesting moment to write about, especially because um, 
that's something I've like crossed and I can like write firsthand. Um, another thing that I knew that I wanted to write a high school play, but when I was thinking about what the themes would be and like what I'd want to explore, um, I was thinking about how obsessed with JK Rowling I was when I was a kid. She obsessed would be a mild word. It was, she was my everything. She still kind of is, but like yeah. that at that point, like when I was 11, it bordered on like worship and idolatry. Like, um, so I was thinking about, so this is like, um, a, like a, like a tool that we got like in grad school when we were writing plays, which was, um, think about, think about what scares you the most and mm -hmm. imagine that happens and you have a play. So when I was thinking, and I use that tactic a lot. So yeah, to, to prompt yourself towards definitely, different subject matter. Exactly. Okay. Stuff that doesn't like come to you immediately. So when yeah. I was thinking about like, what would have been the most horrifying thing when I was like. 12 or 13 was to because my like I had a very like a more rich internal life than an external life I still think that's how it is <laughs> but I think at that point when it was all muddled into this oh my god you are my savior and my only hope in life so um at that point if something if I'd found out something about J.K. Rowling it would have shattered my world yeah. it's it sounds like a very minute thing but like for a kid who's grown up reading that and that's her only outlet to like expression and like the outside world and understanding herself mm -hmm. that could make your world come crashing down mm -hmm. and when worlds come crashing down there are good plays so <laughs> so I came up with the idea of this girl who has like a troubled sort of not too perfect like home life and who's a little bit too verbose and like introspective for her own good um, so, and who is obsessed with a writer and the worst thing possible happens that she finds out that the writer isn't as perfect as she imagined. Yeah. And that's the midpoint of the play. Yeah. So I wanted this girl to like have this goal and like charge full steam ahead with like no doubts. It's kind of the plays about like what happens to someone who's, who like lives in their own bubble and are so convinced that I know what I'm going to do. And when all of that just like shatters in a second, how do you figure that out which is like hard enough even if, when you're an adult and yeah. it's like worse when you're in high school with all of this stuff going on and tell us why the construct of the debate team um I was a literary kid when I was in school uh, debate was a lot of what I did debate and quizzing was most of my like even that my was your weekends. extra that was your sports <laughs> that was yeah pretty much <laughs> like I don't do sports like just for the well-being of my teammates like no um, and my hand-eye coordination. So um, debating and quizzing and like essay writing were like some of my favorite things to do in like high school and college. And even now, like I like go to trivia nights for fun. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. So um, I, w I like grew up doing debate, that kind of like energy, which is like very, it's very personal. Like you don't, it's not like a commonly explored theme, like the palpable excitement in like a football game. Like exactly. that's, yeah. that's not something that's explored, but the thing in debate is like, it's a very, like a much more cerebral energy when you're in a debate and it's kind of like improv because when you are mm. partners with someone, you kind of hope you like count on them to like get like have your back whenever you fail so I feel like some of the closest friends I've made is like just through debate interesting because yeah. when you're out there like you've only got each other yeah and you kind of have to like go off off on each other and like that's the only way so it builds this instant bond of trust it's kind of like how when disaster movies happen like the couple gets together much faster so when you put people in like a condition of like high stress 
um, relationships accelerate. Mm-hmm. So to form this, uh, like I needed this play to be like sixty to eighty pages. Yeah, because we and put that we put that constraint. Yeah, yeah, so I needed this play to be sixty to eighty pages, and for um, a friendship that was this life defining and like this deep to develop, uh, it couldn't just happen by like meeting someone in the cafeteria or yes. like yeah. it had to happen under severe duress. And the most severe duress that I could think about were in, like high school situation was yeah. debate for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And also because I'm a very verbose like I think like very verbose and I write very verbose which like which is something I've I've been like trying to shake off but like I kind of like it I'm just gonna do it I like it too thank you but um so like debate kind of fit in well with that yes because these kids are like a very speechy kind of kids and like if if they were like just regular teens it would look off-putting it would look jarring like yeah but I know I am one of those kids like and I know debate kids who like speak in paragraphs yes and have run-on sentences and like literally say everything that's on their mind and because they're always commenting on social constructs and like culture they're always always thinking they're and they're always like their conversation get like meta really meta when they talk because they've already like they're already like two steps ahead when they're thinking because they know all the references because that's how you have to like debate because you get your topic 20 seconds ahead yeah and you have to like you know figure out all the permutations and combinations you can discuss like you know discuss so that I think like all of that like really cemented it well and the fact that the main dramatic moments in the play come from arguments that these characters have and the fact that it's an audio play like really helped me with that too, because like if it was a it was a staged yeah. performance, yeah, yeah, like you yeah. need action and like you know dramatic, you know like actual you know activity to like push things forward. That this was um, like a audio play was actually perfect for me because it like made me I could play to my strengths. Like words are my strengths. Mm-hmm. So you're currently at the Tisch School in their program for dramatic writing. Yes, I am. And what made you think of that segue? What what led you to more playwriting? Um, so I didn't, um, so I tried a lot of writing. Like I said, I tried fiction and then I tried like advertising and marketing and content writing. And after a while I got like quickly bored of everything I tried. Like it was good to like keep my fancy, but I didn't know if I wanted to do it like for a living. So, um, I was always the person who like talked too much about TV and film at like any time you go out to like get drinks. It was, I was always the obnoxious person talking about every episode and like analyzing everything and ruining movies for people. So I was like, Hey, maybe I can channel this in a creative way. And I like writing and turns out people write these things. So I started like looking up um, programs, Mm -hmm. uh, like where these things would be offered. So um, this was literally like fresh out of college. Like I graduated in like 2014 and I was like working, I got my first job and I was like working marketing, which was similar to like, I did a lot of like content writing stuff. So I was like working this as a day job and like simultaneously I was like applying to yeah. universities just to like give it a shot. I mean, like the, I like wrote my script on MS Word. Like that's, <laughs> that's how much of like expertise I was bringing to the table. <laughs> so, but like, again, happy ending. Like I got in. So yeah. And yeah. you're in the final year? I'm second year. So okay. it's two year program. Okay. So my final year. Yes. When you came in and I said, how are you? And you said, you're exhausted. And I said, why? And you said, I'm in grad school. It was like, what are you, why would you ask that question? So give me a little bit. So we're here. With, oh, it's a Monday. So give me a little bit of day by day what, what, this, what this program entails. Um, the program is fantastic, mind-boggling, scary, puts a lot of pressure on you, and is also wonderful, um, which is exactly what I signed up for. 
um, because you know you're you, all like twenty four seven the time that you're here. You always have this thing in your the back of your mind saying you're here. This is exactly what you wanted to do. Now you have to make the most of it. So yeah, so you'll like, sleep when you graduate. Exactly, pretty much. So it's it's it, that kind of like terrifying pressure is like great and like also scary. But I know I mean like I like the balance. And what was it like? So so you wrote rebuttal. Uh, you learned that you were the winner. You waited a little while, and then you you did um, go and participate in the recording. We it was a multi voice recording with sound mm-hmm. effects and everything. Tell us a little bit about um, sort of the difference in your experience of putting up one of your plays to participating in or just witnessing the the recording. Um, yeah. So when I got into Tish, I never got in on playwriting. I'd never watched a play before I came to New York. Like really, you'd never even gone never, to a play. Never seen a play or like read a play. I guess I read like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in like high school, but like yeah, yeah, I like read it as literature, not like sure. a, yeah, like distinction. No. Did, so did you come in in television writing? Yeah, I yeah, came okay. in on television, like purely television, yeah. and like playwriting was something that I was really intimidated by because I knew nothing about it, yeah. and I like there, I had to like constantly play catch up. I still am. So, but the thing that attracted me to playwriting is that it caters to my writing style yes. because I write huge paragraphs and I write like very internal monologue things. Yeah. So I ca- like playwriting is the closest dramatic writing is going to get to like fiction writing. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I kind of gravitated towards playwriting and I saw amazing plays and I had really great professors who like got me very passionate about it. So um, my experience like putting up plays as well is like very limited so I've had like a few readings at university, like for classes and stuff like that. So um, the first time I worked with actors itself was like amazing because I had never, like none of my stuff had actually gotten read. Like it was just stuff that I sat yeah. in my bedroom and like wrote, that's it. But like to, so I always used to like over direct, like put like parenthesis and be like oh, yeah, sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for telling me that. I didn't know. So like for the first time I like gave it to like actors, I was like, oh my God, these are actual collaborators. They're not like people who read your lines. Like, and that was that just took like a whole weight off of me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have to like micromanage everything. Like yeah. they're here to like do, that's why they're here. Like, and they're amazing at it. So I think like just having actors for the first time, which was very recently was like a revelation. So, um, um, definitely. And what was it like in the studio when you, when yeah, you watched? Uh, the studio, both of them were amazing. Phoebe and Michael, they were fantastic. Like, um, so Caitlin sent me a bunch of like auditions to like Caitlin's listen to. our producer. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Caitlin sent me like a bunch of recordings to like listen to for all the roles. Like she sent me like choices and they were just like bang on like what I had in mind. And they came in, they were super professional. And I was like amazed at how well, like both like the collaboration between Caitlin and like the actors, because Caitlin just like got every beat. Like I had class through the second half of the recording hour and I was like so comfortable just leaving her there. Good. And just like, I'll be like, you can do it. Like I, like I don't even need to be here because I was there for like the entirety of Michael's recording and mm-hmm. like I had to leave halfway through Phoebe's. Yeah. But I had like zero amount of apprehension. Like Caitlin just like got it bang on. And so it was fantastic. It was just like seeing everything I wanted like on page come out to life. What do you hope happens with this publication? I mean, I have hopes that 
we will engage listeners in a new, you know, in an original um, audio dramas. You know, it's not something that was written for a book and then translated into an audio book, but something that was really written for the ear. And what are your, you know, what are your specific sort of hopes and aspirations around it? Definitely that too, because um, I echo your aspirations because uh, this is something that's when you like read, a, like listen to an audiobook, it has its own appeal. But at the end of the day, you're like listening to narration, which is can get like a little tepid after a point. But this is like written for like for the purpose of being listened to. So like the rhythms are paced in a way that like the dialogue is it gets to you easier yes. and there's no narration. Yes. So there's like, it just very, like the rhythm is just tailored to be listened to. So I'm definitely excited that, you know, I created something that was tailor made for the way that it's going out, the form that it's going out in. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm just really glad to like get my work out yeah. because this is like my first published play. Yeah. So my first produced play. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to like, get my word out like terrified also like tons of imposter syndrome like chock full of imposter (laughs) syndrome like you can't imagine you really yeah no need to worry about that (laughs) so well yeah I mean it's it's terrifying and exhilarating and happens happens was there something specific that you learned in the process of writing it that you didn't learn in your classroom setting that you really had to learn through just sitting down and, and executing? Um, yeah, I think like uh, adapting anything for any different form is like different. Like if this was a TV script as opposed to like a performed theater mm-hmm. script as mm-hmm. opposed to a first like a like what an audio script is like completely different. And this is the first audio script I've written. So like um I had to change there there were no narrations so like I had to have like characters be like oh we're in the cafeteria do you yeah. like the cafeteria like there I had to like put those in listeners without, like, it's not it's not that on the nose trust me <laughs> <laughs> she does. at no point does Joe say oh we're in the cafeteria do you like the cafeteria <laughs> it's a little more nuanced than that yes <laughs> so what are your listening habits um. I try to listen. I listen to a lot of podcasts because on the way, like I'm too lazy to like read unless I have like a physical book in my hand most of the times. So podcasts are my jam. That's all I listen to on the way. And I listened to all of Neil Gaiman's books because I adore him. Yes. Truly. Good. I noticed that you did record one week in a studio, and then Neil followed you the I next did. week. Yeah, I he saw was in that the exact on same. And lost all of my. He was in the everything. exact same studio. Yeah, there I, you go. I yeah, this is the closest. Like I feel like I've come to grasps with God. Like I, <laughs> I have like a spiritual experience right now when I saw that picture. That's good. That's where you're in the same place. So you will graduate in the spring. Um. Yes, May. And from your lips to God's ears, what will you be doing in June? Um. I I'm in love with playwriting, but my first love is still television. All so right. I will probably try and get internships, PA jobs, try and sneak in up the ladder and try keep writing the same time. I will definitely try and get a play produced in New York because New York is amazing for independent theater. There are so many tiny, amazing um, you know, theaters available for artists who are like with a particular voice like it's amazing so I would definitely try to get a play produced and just keep writing and hope to dear god that I can stay (laughs) and you um you had an interesting what was your internship I haven't seen you since the summer yeah tell um, how the summer go summer was amazing I interned at the nightly show with Larry Wilmore which was on Comedy Central but unfortunately recently got canceled 
but it was amazing. It it was an like an incredible experience. It was Comedy Central and yep. it was Larry Wilmore. It was produced by John Stewart. Yeah. And it was like everything, like all my gods come together. Yeah, that's that's great. It was incredible. It was a great experience. And I was stage managing a friend's play. In, oh good, yeah. Like off off Broadway. Yeah. So like stage managing in like low budget theater entails everything. Like yes. so I did everything from like costuming to like spiking the furniture it was amazing it was such a great learning experience and we had tons of fun because it was just like us friends and it was great we just published and I just interviewed um, Francine Prose uh, wrote a novel called Mr. Monkey Mm -hmm. about an off 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 (laughs) children's play and like hilarity that ensues Mm -hmm. with this group of people and and it sort of reminds it reminds me of that so much material Definitely. Yeah, you would you would like that book, I think. I probably will, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much and congratulations. We're thank so, you so happy much. that you that you contributed and we're so proud to publish Rebuttal on November 15th. And we hope that everyone will listen to it. Thank you I very much. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed what you've heard, and if you have, that you'll subscribe. To do so, you just go to your podcast app, search for Harper Audio Presents, and click subscribe. That way, you'll never miss a conversation of publisher plus author plus microphone.